You are listening to Amplify Your Success Podcast, episode 235, and today I've invited one of my favorite podcasters to talk about how to create almost passive income from your podcast. You ready for this? Let's get started. Welcome to the Amplify Your Success Podcast. Get ready to ramp up your revenue, amplify your impact, and make your mark in the world. This is the show for experts, thought leaders, and service professionals who want to shatter their limits and achieve that next level, you're going to find out from other experts and influencers how they made it. Now, let's get amplified. Hey there, entrepreneurs and business leaders. It's your host, Melanie Benson, authority amplifier for expert-based business owners. And today, we're going to deep dive into a strategy some podcaster friends of mine have been perfecting on how to create more income from your podcast, some of which are completely passive. As you listen in today, I want you to think about whether you have a podcast or not, how could you tap into some of these strategies? Now, if you've been following my collaboration currency system, you know that my friend today is talking about one of my favorite ways to boost up revenues, no matter what your business model is. And if you missed my three-day live event, we've opened it up for 14 days to give you access. So all you have to do is go to amplifyyoursuccessworkshop.com and you'll gain access to this proven system to create financial flow, and an endless supply of leads and great opportunities by expanding the gold that's already in your network. It's a proven strategy I've used all 21 of the years I've been in business, and it's brought me over a million dollars just simply by being intentional about collaboration. Now, as you listen into today, pay attention to the strategies find one that works for you and be sure to tell us about it on the show page, or you can join us in the Amplify Your Authority Facebook community and tell us how you're going to put one of these strategies into action. I'm really excited to hear what's going to work for you. I will link up the access to that exclusive Facebook group in the show notes. All right, let's get into today's episode. Welcome back, Amplifiers. Today, we're talking about how to create nearly passive income from your podcast. I can't wait to introduce you to my friend, Matt Wolf. He is an American entrepreneur, podcaster, blogger, affiliate marketer, mastermind host, speaker, and author, but he's best known for his podcast, Hustle and Flowchart, co-hosted with Joe Fier. Wolf began his career in building WordPress websites and blogging in the San Diego area, and now is the co-founder of the Pod Hacker System. Thank you, Matt, for joining me today. We've had quite a journey that we uncovered recently as we <laughs> reconnected. We, yeah. we met way back in the day when I was speaking at a I don't know, some marketing event down in San Diego, I think <laughs> we, just, we realized it. We actually have a picture of us at lunch. And I have to dig that picture up. I'm going to post it when we go live with your episode because uh, <laughs> I, I actually ran across it there. And I'm like, oh, my God, that was mad. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I remember that event. And in fact, I think it was John Carlton's action seminar. And it was the first time I met Bradley Will, who I think is a mutual friend. Mm-hmm. And um, Bradley and I went on after that event to be business partners in a company called Learn to Blog that 
we ran for three or four years together before I exited the business and he kind of continued without me. <laughs> wow. I didn't know that. That's a whole nother new little, uh, uh, little connection that, that really at live events just brings so many great uh, opportunities to the forefront. So yeah, glad you shared that. <laughs> So we're talking today about how to create nearly passive income. And I'm so glad you put that nearly part in there because we know that anything we do with the business, anything we do to grow income is going to require an investment of time and energy to get it off the ground. Uh, and so what are we talking about today Like with podcasting and creating income? This seems like when I talk to people about podcasting, one of the top three questions I get asked is, Melanie, how do I monetize my podcast? Yeah. So, I mean, we, we monetize our podcast in so many different ways, but there's a, a few ways that we do that, that we do it that's kind of unique from other podcasts. So one of the ways that we monetize our podcast is we actually have a print physical newsletter off of the back of our podcast. So it's a, a, a newsletter that we mail to people's homes once a month, but all of the content of that newsletter is sort of the ahas and takeaways and resources and ideas from the podcast. So all of the content that we're creating while we're interviewing people on the show actually gets spun off into a curated monthly printed newsletter. So that's one of the ways that we're monetizing that's fairly unique over other podcasts. I think I've seen a few other podcasts do that since us, but most of the ones that I've seen do it are ones that we've actually consulted and worked with. So um, I'm, I'm not sure I've seen many other podcasts follow a similar model. Um, we also make quite a bit of revenue off of affiliate marketing. We do okay with sponsorships, but sponsorships is a very, very small piece of it. Same with, you know, what we call swag or, you know, t-shirts, merch, stuff like that. We, we make a little bit of sales off that kind of stuff. But really the big breadwinner off the back of our podcast are the newsletter and secondary is the affiliate marketing stuff that we do. So mm. happy to dive in and, and go deeper on any of those topics. Oh, yeah. We're definitely going to unpack that because, um, you know, I think, as you just said, sponsorships, not necessarily where all the bread and butter is going to come from. So finding ways to use your podcast to add more value and to create something that like has like so much uh, traction, like scalability, like a, a, a newsletter, that's brilliant. Let's talk about what that really looks like and how that becomes like almost passive income for somebody. Yeah. So, you know, with our newsletter, it's, it's actually gotten to the point where it's pretty damn passive for me and Joe because we have a team now right so it's it, it it's it it's passive kind of on us but there is team members that are still working the system um so basically what happens is every single time we do a podcast interview that interview goes to a notes writer who's on our team she actually uh listens back to the episode and while listening to it she sits there in a google doc and takes notes on the whole episode not transcripts but you know actual notes of all of the big takeaways and ahas as she's listening to the podcast. So theoretically, somebody could get all of the same big takeaways and action items and ideas from the show without ever listening if they just grab the notes. That's kind of the idea we're shooting for when she, uh, when she is actually taking those notes. So once those notes are, are taken, they actually then become the lead magnet for each episode. So every single episode that goes live, we say, hey, do you want the notes to this episode? We're giving them away for free. 
if you get them within two weeks of this episode going live. So there is a little bit of deadline time scarcity on the notes. We do take them away after two weeks of the episode being live, but then they actually go into this monthly print newsletter. And then the digital version of these notes also live inside of a membership area. So members of our, our, our membership platform could access these notes whenever they want as well. So the podcast content turns into the thing that we give away as a lead magnet. The thing that we give away as a lead magnet turns into the thing that's also being sold inside of our membership and, and inside of our print newsletter. So the, 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 the reason it's not 100% passive for Joe and I is we're still doing the podcast interviews. But once the interview is recorded, those audio files go into a Dropbox and our team members take it from there. This is powerful. I love this idea so much. And I, you're using the word passive, which I think is very catchy, but I like to think of it as like leveraged uh, mm -hmm. income, right? So you're doing something, but the outcome from it, like that one hour you invest in, or maybe more for the podcast, mm -hmm. you then have a way to systemize and, and automate and delegate to get more traction from it, which so exciting to have another idea of how to how to leverage the the time we invest in a podcast yeah yeah absolutely i mean the, the the original idea actually came from seeing so many podcasters leverage sites like patreon you know mm -hmm. where if you're a fan of a podcast you can go on patreon and contribute you know five bucks a month ten bucks a month and at various tiers that you're contributing you get various levels of you know additional value back from the creators so, a, you know, a podcaster might have special episodes that only Patreon um, subscribers can hear, or maybe they do video versions, but the video versions are only available on Patreon. We saw people doing stuff like that. And then we looked into Patreon and Patreon, you know, when you do that kind of thing, keeps a pretty dang big percentage of the money that you're making off of those supporters. So we kind of thought to ourselves, why can't we just build our own version of this? Let's just build a membership site and tell people if they want to support the show join the membership site and it would be very similar to Patreon. And then it sort of, uh, we sort of ex extrapolated upon that and said, what, what can we do with this content with the podcast that no other podcasters are doing? Let's figure out how to take this content that lives in the digital realm. That's sort of this virtual content and figure out how to make it into something physical that people can actually put their hands on and touch and be reminded of us every time they see it. And so that's kind of the, the evolution of that newsletter there. Yeah, I love that. So, you know, a lot of people have membership sites that also have podcasts. I'm going to assume that because you have some big name guests and influencers on your show, I'm going to assume that the quality of the guests and the topics they're covering are highly impactful to the success of that membership growing. I, w I would say that's a big piece of it. Yeah. Um, I think what we pride ourselves the most on from our actual podcast interviews is less about the the sort of, um, I, I don't know how to put this in a PC way, but the- Celebrityism. You know, the the celebrity-ishness <laughs> of the guests, yes. you know, the A-list level, the, the whatever you want to call it. It's, it's less on that and more about the fact that we love to pull out tactics from our guests. So we have a very, very tactical podcast. And the fact that it's a very tactical podcast lends itself very well to sort of, you know, checklists and action guides and, and things like that. Uh, getting the big name guests on, I think that's just kind of a, a, a result of the fact that Joe and I have been in this, this digital marketing industry for so dang long. We've been, we've been doing what we're doing since 2007. And, 
and the 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 people that we're we're getting on the show it's just kind of the network that we've managed to build up over the last 13 or 14 years well and there's a cheesy little saying that your network defines your net worth like i i am a huge believer in cultivating and nurturing your network because look what happened with us we had that original connection years ago. We're, we were probably still Facebook friends, I think. I think we were, we were already Facebook friends, but we weren't like actively showing up on each other's feeds. We reconnect at another event where we were both featured podcasters. We went into a mastermind together. And then now we're, we're like, we've connected and we've been supporting each other. Like you guys did. Okay. So backstory, you're actually one of my top 10 favorite podcast uh, episodes I've ever been on. You guys are two of the best interviewers. I was so excited after getting off the the episode we did for your show. I, I could not wait to share it over and over and over again because it was so good. I'm like, dang, these guys are hot. Like I love what you're doing. So I know that also probably factors into people saying yes, but you're right. The network is so important. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. I, I can't wait to get the recording back of this episode. <laughs> you're like, I'm going to play that one section over <laughs> and over. Like, look, like we're getting kudos. No, really, seriously, <laughs> you guys are great. And I will actually link up my episode of Hustle and Flow Chart into the show notes in case anybody wants to go listen to it. it it's truly magic the way uh, Joe and Matt interview people. But, you know, so... A lot of people might ask, like, how do I, like, let's say they don't have a relationship with some of these bigger name guests and influencers. Like, what would you uh, advise somebody to start cultivating or reaching out to people we might consider those A-list guests? Yeah. So I'll give you, I'll give you a, a short, shorter, less serious answer, and then um, a, a more real answer. So the, the shorter answer is find someone like Joe who's a master networker and partner with them because that's essentially what I did. Joe was like, he knew everybody, knows everybody, who seems to build instant rapport with like everybody that he talks to. And that's kind of his superpower. And me being partnered with him sort of, you know, some of that has managed to rub off on me a little bit. But for the most part, he is kind of the 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 networker, the connected one, the one that's very... Um, extroverted and loves to go to all the events and be everywhere. And, and I'm the one who kind of comes along kicking and screaming, but when I'm there, I'm loving it, but I'm always very, uh, you know, hesitant because I'm, I'm much more introverted, feel comfortable just at my house behind the screen. Um, so that's kind of my real answer, but I can also sort of give some insight into some of the systematic ways that we do network that, that I know uh, Joe and I both employ. And one of them is the, the Dream 100 strategy that we use. So what, one of the things we, we do is we have a, a Google Sheet in, inside of Google Drive that has a list of the 100 guests that would just be an absolute dream to have on our show. And it's, it's kind of a combination of like dream shot guests of like, you know, Elon Musk, Richard Branson, um, you know, uh, Sarah Blakely, like just some, some really dream shot names on the list, but then also, um, some, you know, celebrities in their niches, right. People that maybe aren't like worldwide known, but like in the niche that they're in, in the space that they're in, they're, they're bigger names. Um, so we've got this list in Google sheets and we actually attach it to our email signature of every single email we send out. So every email you receive from me or Joe in the footer of the email, it'll say, here's our dream 100 list. Do you know any of these people? 
and it links to the Google Sheet. Now, there's a little thing that Google does where if somebody's reading their email inside of Gmail and there's a link to a Google Sheet, it actually shows that link to a Google, Google Sheet as an attachment down at the bottom of the email. So that Google Sheet, it looks like uh, it looks like an attachment that somebody sent on the email. So when we send an email to anybody, I would say something like 50% of the people we send emails to click to look at our Dream 100 because it looks like something that was attached to that email specifically for them to go look at. So we get a lot of eyeballs on that Dream 100. And we've actually managed to get connected with so many people through just very random sources. Like we, we emailed our CPA one day to ask our CPA a question and our CPA replied and answered the question and said, oh, by the way, I actually know somebody on your Dream 100 list. Do you want an intro? Um, we actually had a project manager uh, from um, another company that we were working with see one of our emails. And she actually had a friend who was friends, like a friend of a friend of Perry Marshall. And they actually managed to make this intro to Perry Marshall. And we've now been on Perry's show like three times or inside of his membership, like three times. He's been on our show two or three times now. And so this like dream 100 thing, just being in the PS of our emails is just like this systematic way to just constantly get intros to people. Um, another really cool story is uh, we have a, a, a fr I feel like I'm name dropping here, but we have a, a friend, Roland Frazier, who um, he lives in San Diego with us. We're in a mastermind with him. He saw one of our emails, saw the Dream 100 at the bottom of the email, and he literally introduced us to 25 of the people on our Dream 100. In one day, we had just our inbox just got filled with intros all in one day from Roland going and introducing us to these 25 different people. It's how we met uh, uh, Dave Asprey. It's how we got to know James Altucher. It's how we got to know, I, I, I don't want to be too name droppy, but <laughs> I, I could list all the people that he introduced us to. And it was a lot, a lot, a lot of big names all with just one email. And it all stemmed from this dream 100, just being in our email signatures. Boss move right there. What a great strategy. Like so many of us keep that list in our head and we never actually ask anybody to help us make those connections. And it's so subtle, but so powerful. What a, I love that so much. And you can probably just go listen to several of the uh, uh, Hustle and Flow chart episodes and you'll know which of those big names <laughs> that they got on the show. So that's a, that's a good way to go figure it out. Matt's too humble yeah. to go through all the list. <laughs> well, I was going to say too, if you actually really wanted to reverse engineer it, we actually shout out on every single episode, how we got connected to the guest that we're talking to. So you can actually put together the spider web if you went to go and listen to the mm -hmm. episodes. Cause at the beginning of every episode, we say, here's how we met this person or who's who, here's who connected us to this person. And we always sort of give credit where credit's due at the front of the show to let the audience know, here's why we know this person. Love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. Um, we also talked earlier on about, you know, you're talking about how to, to leverage your, your time and energy to get more of that passive income. But what about affiliate marketing? You know, I think a lot of people like they think about affiliate marketing, but they don't really know how to do affiliate marketing from a podcast. What, what do you guys do with that? Yeah. So when it, there's a whole bunch of different ways we're doing affiliate marketing, we're, like we're constantly experimenting with different stuff. I would, I would say the, 
The simplest way that we do affiliate marketing is when we have people on our show that also have an affiliate program. You know, we're going to we're going to call out that affiliate program. We're probably going to create some sort of unique link so that we can redirect them to their, that person's offer, you know, with our affiliate link. Um, so, I mean, the, 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 the simplest way is just interviewing the people that have the products that you can be an affiliate of. Um, some, some additional tips beyond that, we like to create, um, pretty links, uh, which pretty link is a WordPress plugin that just makes, you know, really long, confusing affiliate links look like simple links, like a hustle and flowchart.com slash Melanie, right? You, you, you make really simple links that when somebody clicks on them or types in that URL, it'll redirect to your long affiliate link, which might be, you know, uh, have a whole bunch of letters and numbers and additional query strings at the end of the URL and nothing, something would be, someone would be able to memorize. So we create these redirects. And sometimes if we think we're going to do really well with it, we'll actually go and buy a domain name to make it really, really easy. So, you know, we have, we have, um, so for example, we promote a product called Thrivecart, which is a checkout tool. And we went and got the domain name, getthrivecart.com. Just super, super easy to shout out. It's very memorable for people listening on the show. And so if somebody is thinking, oh, I want to go and get Thrivecart, where should I go? Well, getthrivecart.com, right? So we, we make these really, really simple, easy to remember links. The idea being most people aren't listening to a podcast at a computer. You know, some are, but most people are listening in a car or while out for a walk or, you know, at the gym. And they're not really in a place to go check out a link. When they come back to the computer, there's, there's, it should still be stuck in their mind where they were supposed to go, right? Because you have these affiliate links that are going to be these long, weird strings of letters and numbers and queries and stuff, and you're going to want to redirect them. So we'll get a domain that's really easy to remember because, you know, most people are listening to podcasts in their car or at the gym or out on a walk or, or something like that. So you want to give them real easy to remember URLs for your affiliate links. Um, I mean, we do so many different affiliate strategies that I'm, I'm, I'm trying to think of which ones would be best to kind of go down the rabbit well, hole with you. I think that one was really perfect. And, and I think this is, again, goes back to simple, like just keep it simple, do one thing really well. Once you get that mastered, then go like learn and grow with Joe and Matt, like how are you going <laughs> to do the rest of it? But just start with, you know, get affiliate links from your guests that have, something that you really believe your your audience will resonate with. And I like the idea of like creating pretty links so it's easy to track because you're right. When we're listening, we're not going to go follow this really long convoluted uh, uh, link. And most people aren't going to remember to go back to the show page later to do it. Have you ever experimented with text uh, to text to opt into something? You know, I don't know if that would work with affiliate links, but I was just curious if anybody's ever tried that for people who are listening in their car. Yeah, I mean, we actually have a, um, a a phone number that people can text into to opt in. We used to call it out at the intro of every single show, but the amount of people that were actually doing it wasn't, it, it kind of wasn't worth it anymore. And we, we kind of got to a point where our intros were getting really, really long. We had too many calls to actions and too many sort of housekeeping things we wanted to cover. So we kind of backed off on the amount of things we were saying in our intro. But we used a tool called Call Loop, if anybody wants to experiment with it, where at the beginning of the show, we said, text the word comp to whatever our number was, and we will send you the action guides. And I think 
you know, do we, we had that as a call to action for probably a year on the front of our podcast. And over the course of a year, I think we maybe had 80 people or so join the email list uh, through the text message thing. Well, at the same time, during that same period of time, we had, you know, something like 5,000 people join our email list by going to the website and opting in on the, the opt-in form. So we kind of just stopped calling out the text message thing because while sort of intuitively, it sounds like that would be the most effective if people aren't at home listening to a podcast, give them something to text. But still, if they're at the gym or out for a walk or driving, you're still not really seeing those text messages come in. I still think people kind of wait until a later time to actually act on the call to action that they just heard. And so I think it was sort of an insignificant uh, sort of twist on the opt-in. Well, good to know. I've, I've considered it and that's, I, I've wondered if it would be better or really not make a big difference. Sounds like you guys got a good system going anyway. Um, you know, I have so many things I want to ask you, but I want to like, just dig a little bit deeper into the growth of your podcast listenership. Mm -hmm. I'm imagining that, you know, one of the success strategies to get people to come into the membership and to, you know, like take advantage of these affiliate marketing strategies is having a robust and constantly growing uh, base of people listening to the podcast. Mm -hmm. Do you have a couple of tips that you really find super valuable to grow people listening to the show? Yeah. I mean, stuff like this, I'm, I'm, it's always difficult for me because it, it's like the, there's a lot of stuff that to me sounds like really simple because we're doing it every day. But then I, I, I talk about it and people are like, oh, that's, I, I've never heard of that. So I'm not, I'm not quite sure that the sort of savviness of, of the audience or where they're at. So I'll just kind of say what works the best for us growing our show is it, it's really going on a lot of other podcasts, to be honest. Um, we, we, Joe and I are, are going and being interviewed at least once a week each. So that's, you know, between eight and 10 interviews that we're doing on other podcasts, um, every single month. So that's, that's a big piece of it. Um, a, a sort of cool sort of tactical thing that we've experimented with that works really well is actually advertising inside of the various podcast apps. So going to like overcast and, um, Castro is another one. Uh, Podcast Addict is another one. Podcast Republic is another one. These are all like the podcast players that you would download on your iPhone or your Android and listen to podcasts on. A lot of these players, they actually have their own ad platform where you can go and promote your podcast right inside of the podcast player where people are listening to podcasts right now. And it, it's not like other offers either. It's not, people can't go and advertise for, you know, Geico and State Farm and stuff like that inside of these podcast apps. It's literally an advertising platform just for podcasters to advertise their podcasts. And so going and advertising in these various apps have actually been some of our biggest, you know, massive leaps in download numbers. Didn't you guys interview somebody on that on your show? Um. We may have. I don't okay. remember. <laughs> I'll go back and look. Or if you remember, I, I was just going to offer to link it up into the show notes if you've got a great uh, episode on that. Because I actually learned it from a, a common friend of ours. And I was like, that's a great strategy. So I'll I'll hook it up if you've got one. <laughs> yeah. I know Joe and I have talked about it on on episodes where we haven't had guests. Every mm. Joe and I, once a month, we do an episode called a therapy session where we literally don't bring a guest on. It's just me and Joe talking about this is what's happening in our business right now. Here's what we're struggling with. Here's what's working well. Here's here's what we're thinking about trying next. And it's just kind of a 
conversation between me and Joe talking about what's going on. And I know we've done some episodes in the past where we've talked about podcast growth strategies, but I'm not sure if we've actually interviewed somebody specifically about that strategy. Well, awesome. Well, we'll hook up whatever you've got there. Uh, I want to circle back to something that's been emerging out of your group. I'm one of the, I'm in their Facebook group and I love the Facebook group. There's so many great conversations you guys kick off in there, but you guys recently dropped your new pod hacker and I've been hearing a lot of buzz about it. Uh, tell us about Podhacker and what uh, where people could find out more about that. Sure. Yeah. So Podhacker is we actually bought the domain name Podhacker back in 2018, something like that, with the intention of it actually being a podcast. So we were going to have the Podhacker show, and it was going to be a podcast for podcasters, and we were just going to talk about growth strategies and things like that. Um, in 2020, during the the whole lockdown and, and quarantine thing, we we got some advice from a few of the the mastermind groups that we were in that we should really go out there and 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 put out some sort of product that sort of pulls back the curtain on our business model because people seem to be really fascinated by you know how we grow the podcast, how we get guests on our podcast, um, the the various ways that we're monetizing that people haven't really experienced before with podcasts, you know, how we keep the Facebook groups engaged, all of that kind of stuff. People have been asking us about a lot. And we've talked about it openly a lot on podcasts and, and things like that. But we've been getting this more and more feedback and more and more of a pull from people saying, you guys should really just create a sort of linear course that walks through, if you were starting from scratch, how would you rebuild the exact business that you have today? And so that is actually what Podhacker became. We literally went, Joe and I spent a whole day mapping out a curriculum going, okay, if we were going to start from scratch and we were going to build a business based on a podcast that sells people into a, a newsletter and membership that also has affiliate marketing, that also does some unique stuff with sponsorships and just literally show everything we're doing to both grow, interview, connect with people and monetize that whole bundle of things, what would that curriculum look like? And that's that's what Podhacker became. So um, in basically January and February of 2021, Joe and I, we, we put our heads down and we just, we just built out this giant course of here's everything that we do in our business. This is pulling back the curtain on the whole thing. And then we went, you know what, let's make this even sweeter. And let's give everybody the templates to everything. Let's give them the, the emails that we send when we request for somebody to be on the show. Let's give them the emails we send after the show's live and we're thanking them and we're, we're trying to get them to share the show. Let's, send them, let, let's give them the templates for the emails that we send to our list when an email goes live. Let's give them our tweets, our Facebook posts, our, our, uh, our, our image templates for our, our various memes that we share around. Let's give them literally everything, even our interview flow and the way we think about questions and asking and, and diving deeper with our guests. We, we basically put together templates and checklists and um, basically as close to done for you as you can get. It's kind of a fill in the blanks done for you. <laughs> and uh, yeah, that's what Podhacker is. And it's, it's at podhacker.com is where people can learn more about it. Uh, but it is sort of a cohort model. So it opens and closes. Um, about once a month, we open the doors for a handful of people. We close the doors. We work with those people. We find out what questions they have, where the gaps in the course are. Then Joe and I get in for a couple of weeks. We improve upon stuff and then we open the doors again. So it's not a always open course, 
but it's something that we open pretty frequently to let new members in. Awesome. And I know you mentioned you've got the Pod Hacker playbook that you created a, a nice little special link for our mm-hmm. community. You want to tell everybody how they can access that? Yeah. So if you check out hustleandflowchart.com slash amplify, I set up the Pod Hacker playbook there. And what the Pod Hacker playbook is, is so on our podcast, we've, you know, we've interviewed, I don't know how many podcasters we've interviewed, but um, I would say probably 25% of the people that have been on our podcast are also podcasters. And so every time we have somebody who's a podcaster on our show, we like to ask them, you know, how have you grown your show? How are you monetizing your show? How do you get guests on your show? Um, and, and we get them to sort of open up about some of their tactics. And, you know, we take notes on every single episode that we do, like I said. So what the Pod Hacker playbook is, is we sort of curated all the notes from the episodes where we had other podcasters on and we put them into this pod hacker playbook. So this is literally how um, guys like Jordan Harbinger, John Lee Dumas, Pat Flynn, um, James Schramko, uh, the, the list goes on and on of all of these different podcasters we have and their responses to growing, monetizing, engaging with their audience, uh, all that kind of stuff. It, it, it's we, we kind of covered all of these people plus our strategies as well they're, they're also in there as well but um it, it's this this sort of giant um tools of titans style book where it's all for podcasting nice hustle and flowchart.com forward slash amplify i also have to give you a little shout out you guys did something really nice on uh women's international women's day last week where you Uh, curated some of the badass women and the badass growth tips that they have come on your podcast and shared. So uh, I was very honored to be among some very amazing women in that, Mm -hmm. in that uh, uh, blog post you guys put together. So I'll link that up as well, because I thought that was really (laughs) cool. Uh, Not just because I was in it, but because there were some great tips in there. So you guys are really good at curating all of the strategies into easy little bites to consume. All right. So Matt, this is the time in the episode where I like to peel back uh, the curtain and ask you a couple really personal things Mm -hmm. about your growth. Mm -hmm. Uh, First of all, what would you say is the boldest move you had to make to get where you are today in your success? Oh, I mean, the the obvious answer to me was quitting my job back in 2009. Uh, Joe and I, um, we, we were both working in a, a shutter company. It was actually my family business, but uh, it was actually sold. So there was a new owner when I actually quit the company. Uh, but Joe and I actually started our business before we quit our jobs. And when we got to a point where we were making about $200 a month, and this is a business of two people. So, you know, 50-50 partnership on a business making $200 a month. Joe and I both went, I think we could do this full time and really ramp things up. And we both quit our jobs. So... <laughs> That was probably not the brightest move at the time in retrospect, but it was probably the boldest move. And if had we not done it, who knows? We could still be working in an office right now. Yeah. Well, I think uh, 30% of our guests here on Amplify Your Success answer uh, leaving their business before their, sorry, leaving their career before their new business really kickstarted was a bold <laughs> move. And I would, I did the same thing. So uh, sometimes you got to be bold enough to be all in before it's proven itself financially. Yeah. Um, looking back on all the twists and turns and the growth and, you know, things that you had to learn to 
be at the level of success you are today? What's one thing you know now that you wish you would have known that moment you quit that job that may would have made things a little easier? Mm. Well, from a, a, a mental perspective, the idea of enjoying the journey before you get to the destination is probably the biggest one. Um, you know, there was so many years in business. Um, I'll just speak for myself. I can't really speak for Joe, but I think Joe's probably very similar. There was so many years where we were, we were telling ourselves, well, we're finally going to make this move when we get here. We're finally going to, you know, start taking more breaks and travel and spend more time with friends and family once we reach this sort of destination. And the, the problem with that is you're con you constantly move the goalposts, right? You, you get close to that destination and you see it just in sight. And then you go, okay, maybe I didn't set that destination. Uh, we, I didn't set my sights big enough. So the goalpost moves and you kind of never get to the destination. So you keep putting things off and putting things off and putting things off that you never get around to. And I think my the, the perspective shift that I've had over the last three or four years has been... It, I, I just, if I'm not enjoying the process of things, then what's the point? So I, I've been a lot less focused on where we're going to end up and doing things once we get here. And I've been a lot more focused on just loving the work every day, loving the interviews, loving getting in and learning new tactics, loving, uh, you know, messing with Facebook ads and having conversations on other people's podcasts and just really, really enjoying what I'm doing every day instead of waiting to finally enjoy things. That's probably the biggest sort of lesson and the biggest thing that I, I, I try to spread the gospel of to everybody I know who's an entrepreneur. But it's kind of one of those things that I, I think you got to figure it out with your own time. So that, I mean, it's not necessarily something that had I known that when I quit my job, I would have made a lot more money in the beginning, but it's something where I'm sure I would have enjoyed a lot more of this, this journey along the way had I known what I know now. Mm, I'm so glad you said that because we could tell people, tell we're blue in the face, enjoy the journey, but you're right. There is a moment when we get, I'm not enjoying the journey. What do I need to do differently? So I can be present because it's all, there's always going to be a destination I want to get to out there. But the moment, this present moment is where all the rich joy and awesome experiences are. And Matt, I really appreciate you being here and just sharing so much of these rich moments with us today on Amplify Your Success. Yeah, no, it's fun. And I've been loving this conversation. Thank you. All right. Well, make sure you go get your playbook at hustleandflowchart.com forward slash amplify. Come on into the Amplify Your Authority community with us. I want to keep this conversation going. What are the unique ways that you're able to almost passively monetize your podcast. We're going to create some conversation in the group about that. And please give Matt some love here on the episode. Rate, review, subscribe, share the episode. I always value and appreciate it too. Bye for now. Thanks for tuning in today, Amplifier. Be sure to join us right now in the Amplify Your Authority community at authorityamplifiers.com and I'll share my seven proven tips to be a highly paid expert that stands out in a crowded market. 
Plus, we're going to keep this conversation going. And I want to hear from you how you're going to amplify your authority and make a greater impact. Before you go, please take a minute to give our show and our guests some love over on your favorite podcasting platform. Subscribe, rate, and review. Leave your full name and I'll spotlight you and your authority on social media.